With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. All right, how are you guys doing? This episode is sponsored by Manscaped. So we're going to kick this thing off a little bit of Russia. We got to talk about China, which everybody seems to not enjoy China, especially YouTube. <laughs> which which he just he was just talking about before we kick this thing off. We talk about what China, Iran, Syria, Syria, anything like that. It's yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> and there's even keywords within because a lot of people get stuck in me about why don't you talk about these other conflicts? And I've tried, but YouTube kill it straight away. And you can get strikes, whatever. YouTube really hate, especially Iran. Hate you talking about it. Talking about factions there, whatever. Oh, it's not good. No, well, I've I've talked about China a few, a few separate times. I got actually ding, I got a strike for talking about the uh, remember the facilities they built for COVID. Yeah. I just mentioned it in a video, and we got struck. Still hasn't gone, Still hasn't gone away. Going. It's supposed to go away, and it hasn't gone away. This was over a year ago, by the way. And guess what? Not only that, they won't even give me my YouTube play button because of it. Hell yeah! <laughs> and I was gonna give it to him because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've got a handful of them already. I'm just gonna give it to Charles. Charles, you can have it. Yeah. That's the only one I've never been able to receive. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. I should make you one. I should just make you one. This is make him a fake one. You absolutely can't talk about whatever you want to on this planet. No, you like, I know there's there's other things, and that's why I got invited across to Rumble. I got a message from the like um, some leadership in Rumble, and we're like, hey. Do you want to come across and host some of your stuff here? I'm like, oh, well, whatever. It's no deal to me. It's the same video just uploaded somewhere else because YouTube. But no, really one, no one's on Rumble. No one. That's the problem. No one's on Rumble. It's like me, Andrew Tate, and Trump currently. <laughs> like, like that's about it. But like, uh, no one's on Rumble. You don't see it crazier. It's no like I've been telling you guys this for weeks. No one gives a. F- about the Ukrainian war either. Go look at the views over the last two weeks or three weeks of Ukraine influencers or whatever you want to. What are we? What are we? What, are we, what, are we, what a report? I don't even. I don't even. Like, I don't even. Like, what am I? I don't even know. Like, blogger. Blogger. Whatever it is. Look at. Go look at them. Three weeks ago we were doing one twenty to one fifty. Now we're doing like sixty to seventy. That no one gives a. Fuck. If you watch this around, you actually care. For the most part, the rest of the world has moved on. Summer's coming. Baseball just started today. Football's like that's all people give a fuck about. They don't care about the war in Ukraine, which they probably should just a tad bit. Because I mean, this is this is one of the type of this is the type of the um, a point of the war. What we talked about a second ago before we actually hopped on here, where Ukraine needs to actually do something. If they don't do something here very soon, they're gonna fuck themselves and they're gonna lose all support whatsoever. Well, I was talking to Yuri, you know Yuri, through DMs. Um, I'll let you touch on this thing a second ago because I just said because you I know you're going to say about it about them not being able to garnish the support from the West if they don't actually do something now if there's no offensive that even takes place relatively soon if it's not if think about this if 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 like a channel like this one which we were normally getting like 150 to 200,000 views a video about the Ukrainian war every day all the time just like this now we're doing like 60 to 70,000 views how do you think the rest of America feels they don't give a about it like at all yeah. And it makes it makes well, you kind of sad. I think uh, a lot of a lot of people do care, but I think a lot of the media currently is very repetitive because there's not that much happening day to day. So if you watch a video yesterday or a video of the day before, it it becomes very repetitive. So 
and I know I've, I've seen that in my own content, like doing a lot of news map updates. I'm talking about uh, Wagner, Wagner Group has <laughs> taken <laughs> this one street. Not even, no, not even that. Like yesterday, I spoke of literally just like a building in Buckmoot. And it? I know it means a lot because there's probably been a thousand people die between both sides to get that one building. But as far as interest, like public interest, it, it and I get it. I'm sick of talking about Bakhmut, Avdivka, Marinka. I'm sick. But it, it, it will pick up, I'm sure. And if it doesn't pick up, then it's in Ukraine's in for a hard ride. Because at the end of the day, you know, I think, and this, this is with like the Kharkiv and Kherson offensives was Ukraine needed to show that they could actually seize and hold terrain, ground. And they did that and were successful and extended their support in this war. Oh, extended tremendously. Tremendously. Now, support came like this. You know how much money, yeah. in, like I say money, but you know what supplies came so quick? Like two weeks later, they had new shit, new shit, new shit. And there's been a number of American officials saying that these, these offensives can't wait. It looks like these offensives are ready to go, like any day. And, of course, the... Um, Everything's spooling up around when it's going to be. Like the PSYOPs operation now between Ukraine and Russia is just huge. When it's going to go, what's going to happen? It's not going to happen. It is going to happen. It's going to wipe out everything. It's going to Moscow. It's going to Warsaw, depending on which way. Like it's it's crazy. But I, I do think that it needs to happen. And Ukraine do need to show that they can actually seize and hold this terrain. Because, and I've, I've spoken about this a lot, that if this offensive was to fail or not be um, as successful as thought, there would be a lot of pressure, I think, mount of, hey, we need to find a diplomatic solution to this instead. And we know that, you know, Kiev, they're like, we will fight to the last Ukrainian. We're not doing diplomatic solution. But at the end of the day, where this war goes is pushed by where the money and weapons are coming from. And this war is being pushed by the states and by the EU. So if the states and the EU say we're not, we're pulling our support unless... You, know, you, you need to start finding diplomatic solutions. That's where this war will go. Like it's Zelensky's at the driver's seat, but the person overarching him is absolutely the EU and the US. Because okay. this this is going to be like these offensives are going to be absolutely um, spearheaded by Western um, weapons, as far as tanks, whatever, and Western trained soldiers. These soldiers from Ukraine who have gone to receive NATO training. And come back. So well, I know Yuri. Yuri sent me a message. He said uh, there's been a ton of infantry arriving in Donetsk City itself over the last few days. He sent me this yesterday. Um, he said that luckily, though, their artillery from the Russian side of things are such on a shortage that they've resorted to actually going back and using tanks in IDF as IDF. That's how much of a shortage there is. So it's time to mind your manholes with Manscaped. Everyone's aware by now that nose hairs are a major turnoff, except for Willie. He absolutely loves it. His girlfriend loves his nose hairs. I actually gave him something for Manscaped because I said those nose hairs were that bad. The Weed Whacker 2.0. Damn it. <laughs> Try this again. <laughs> the Weed Whacker 2.0. There we go. That's why Manscaped replicated with a brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. Has improved blades and a motor. You guys could feel the power in those nasty nose hairs he's got. Annihilate them. They'll, they'll be all done. They'll be gone. They'll be in the palm of your hands. This improved Weed Whacker but now be found in the performance package 4.0 with no additional cost. You guys can save money and attack your nose hairs right now by going to manscaped.com and use the code SPEAK to get 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use code SPEAK and get 20% off plus free shipping. All right, so my wife actually enjoys me using Manscaped because my nether regions are nice and smooth like a baby's bottom, so it's really good. She loves it. I'm actually really glad that Manscaped came over here and they're helping us like 
clean out or, you know, it's spring cleaning time. You got to make this thing nice and smooth. You know, if you're having some issues, the Weed Whacker is going to help you guys out. They can help your face, which is amazing. Um, <laughs> they have the new Weed Whacker 2.0 nose and air trimmer, which uses a 7,000 RPM motor. Yes, this thing is not going to cut up your nose. It's going to cut your hairs out of your nose, but not pull your skin. It's got skinscape technology, which helps reduce the nicks, snags, and tugs. The Weed Whacker 2.0 is cordless, rechargeable, and has a battery life of 45 minutes. I'm telling you guys right now, I use this thing. I prop my leg up on the wall, and I just absolutely get it. I'm getting all the way down from the from the sack to the chode clean, baby smooth, and I, I love it. It's great. My wife loves it too. So it does not matter which kit you guys choose. This is the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. I use this thing daily. This thing right here, this got 20 different sizes. This thing's got 20 different guards inside of it. It's easy, quick, fast. You don't have a big, messy drawer. I love it. No one likes having a messy face except for Willie. Yeah. He can pull it off. I can't. My wife absolutely hates it. So it's time to level up your guys' groom game and get the Weed Whacker 2.0 and nose and hair trimmer. You guys got to check them out right now. Save 20% off right now with free shipping. Go to manscaped.com. Use code SPEAK. 20% off plus free shipping. Go to manscaped.com. Use code SPEAK. That's 20% off and free shipping with code SPEAK at manscaped.com. Hey, from below up to top, best grooming, hands down, shop Manscaped. I literally gave this to you, this, this, this Weed Whacker, for a, uh, for a reason. To take home, because I'm telling you, your girlfriend's going to thank me later. <laughs> I'm telling you, they sent me three of them. What do you mean? But I don't know why they sent me three. Maybe because I have like extra knowledge. This is but that, good, you need to oh, use. I don't need this. I can assure you. We have this. Legit, What's that? The ball one is legit. The ball one's legit. It will. Oh, I gave you a ball sack one. It's got the light. Look at this. See, I'm, it's got a light. It's got a light on it. Yeah, it's got a Feels massive like light. Feels like a Makita drill. <laughs> yeah. Light. This is great. I've, I'm literally making everybody's life that lives around me this man cleaner. I got my camera guy, his ball sack's getting cleaner by the day, which I did not know he was using the razor or the shaver I gave. That's great. That's dangerous. Manscaped helped everybody out. Nobody even knows what's going on. Thank you so much, Manscaped. What a great ad. I love those. Yeah, so I'm not, I can't speak on how many, like how the artillery actually is looking for Russia as far as shells. From what I've been getting told, the shortage isn't shells, the shortage is barrels. And the barrels are wearing out. You know, like a, a M777 has a barrel life of about 2,000 rounds. It can vary greatly depending on how much propellant you put on that round and the uh, weight of the shell you're sending down, so a different type of shell. But let's say 2,000. And America has worn through many barrels. They wore through barrels in Syria as well. And you can wear through barrels, and this is in all artillery pieces. And what I'm hearing is the Russian artillery has been so, uh, by numbers, so huge for so long that they're starting to wear out these barrels. And I'm hearing that shells that the Soviet Union and, and everything that Russia's using is Soviet stock, really, as far as, like, shells, um, is just huge in numbers. And we've seen this with tanks. There's got loads of it, and shells are one of those things. But it's barrels. And like you spoke on, the tanks are going to be bought in for IDF. Indirect fire is absolutely probably the case. And we've seen uh, on the back of trains, Russian T-54s, T-55s, and people, I believe, wrongfully have gone, oh, this will get chewed up by a leopard. You know, it would. If a Leopard 2 or an Abrams a Challenger went head-to-head with a T-54, 55, yeah, there's going to be no chance at all. But ultimately, that's probably not what these are going to do. They're probably going to dig these into a bloody hole and use this as a 125 mil, or might not be that size on those, but a, a large mil cannon to use as IDF. Now, this comes with a number of issues because tanks have uh, greatly um, reduced on their... Um, capacity as far as how many shells that gun can actually fire. But we've seen this happen. We saw this happen with um, Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan has uh, a bunch of T-series tanks. So they've got T-54, uh, T-55s and T-72s. 
And in 2020 against Armenia, they used T-55s to use in IDF artillery positions and T-72s then to roll in and actually do the clearing of those frontline sort of offensive tanks. And at the end of the day, these can fire thousands of metres, you know, thousands of miles. You know, you put the gun up on an angle, still works, still IDF, and you have enough of them, enough of these shells. End of the day, like, if you've got a tank, you dig in a hole and put a tank down somewhere with the barrel stuck up, it's still a big thing. It's still, you know, n- another shell coming towards your position. Like, yeah, there's a lot of problems with it, but, you know. Well, Russia right now is actually seeking munitions from North Korea. Not super shocking. This White House has put this out, and everybody's ate it up. Every single, that's because there's like nothing going on in Ukraine. So every single news outlet just magnetized to it. And they're now claiming there's new information that Russia is actively seeking to acquire additional weapons from North Korea in exchange for food. So I, I'm not entirely shocked that North Korea wants food for munitions. I'm shocked that they want food. <laughs> I don't know. As long as the leader there can eat. No he's got enough. I mean, that guy's got, he's got a buffet. I mean, there's no way that guy. He's got some. He's got some poundage. Have you listened to Yanomi Park speak, the girl that no. defected from North Korea? She's on Rogan and a few other podcasts, man. It's just wild. Oh, he I has, haven't heard of it. Yeah, he has like it. all these like, um, like sex mansions you can go to and stuff where there's like all these girls. It's just like, it's insane. Imagine being the girl that has to have sex with that thing. Yeah. Ugh. That's what you get. That's what you get in like an ultimate dictatorship. <laughs> the last super dictatorship of North Korea. But buddy buddy with, with Russia. And, you know, Russia need the allies they've got, you know, Iran, North Korea, China to a degree. So I, I don't know. They're, they're worried about some arms deal between North Korea and Russia because it would violate a series of UN <laughs> Security Council regulations. I mean, what the f does does North Korea care about the UN Security Council regulations? Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of this that people are like, like this arrest warrant for Putin. And it's like, okay, I just won't visit a country that will arrest me. Like, do you really think Putin, after this war, was ever going to visit France or Germany anyway? Like, he was not going to be able to. And the the arrest warrant, but it's like, well, America, China and Russia all don't, have not signed that document. So it's like, well, Whatever, and uh, but they're the being reported that they're going to ship them to Russia, which I don't get because Russia and North Korea share a border. So I don't, I don't know what the go is there. They share a small part of the border. Up yeah, they don't want to train. They don't want to train. <laughs> Other thing that's going on in Russia, which I guess we'll keep keep touching on here, is not really the the fact they're stalled out the war completely, um, but it's a fact that their economy is actually taking a little bit more of a hit than they anticipated. So Putin came out talking about these illegitimate restrictions imposed on the Russian economy. Do you believe they're illegitimate or not? Oh. Yes or no? Yes or no? That's all you're going to say? No. Okay. It depends, meaning the sanctions against the Russian economy. Yes. The ones against the government and whatever are legitimate and they can be used. But I think some of the ones against some private individuals, especially ones that live overseas, are a bit... I think go after every single one of them right now until it's overdone. Doesn't really matter. Anyway, he's saying that they may indeed have a negative impact in the medium term. He actually came out and said this publicly for the first time ever. Yeah. Putin said this, which is kind of interesting because he's talking about how strong they were. And I, I guess I would do it too if I was in charge of a country that was, I was a dictator of no one really know the difference. But the economy has actually showed, we know this, surprising resilience. It has. It really has. Oh, absolutely. It has. It's had, it's had far less effect than, than we thought. thought it would. We uh, thought it short would. Term. Absolutely. Short term. Yeah. Okay. Now it shrank 2.1% last year. Okay, we knew that was going to happen. Now, this is what it gets kind of crazy. China has been thrown 
throwing the Kremlin itself like a, almost a lifeline because I've been buying Russian energy and providing an alternate source of cash flow than just like US dollars are like, that's, that's what that's- They're that's, buying it a lot cheaper though. They're buying a lot cheaper, which is kind of good for the Chinese because mm-hmm. it kind of pans out for both parties. This is, this, is what, this is where it gets crazy. The Russian government's cash flow, I guess you would say, their, their revenue has plunged 35%, okay, comparative year over year. Now, their expenditures have jumped 59%. This is what, I think I talked about this six, six or seven months ago. There's absolutely no way the Russian government can continue on the same path with their spending to keep up with the war inside of Ukraine. And now it's starting to come out, and I was right. I feel good about it. Can I get a high five for that? You can. I was high five. I was right about that. So they're, they're, 35, they're down 35% year over year, but their expenditures are up 59%. So this is going to lead to a deficit of 1.76 billion rubles, which is $23.3 billion. That's pretty big. Is that not big or no? That's pretty big. Now, Russia's growth is actually going to be flat over this last year or this next year. Over the next medium term, which I don't know what medium term is, they're looking at a 7% decrease. So uh, there's no surprise. There's no surprise in that. But I think one of the big things people saw in the beginning, and China does absolutely, uh, has accused the UN of weaponizing uh, foreign sanctions against Russia. That, like, you're sanctioning. You, you're weaponizing sanctions in a, in a way to have an effect on a war, and we've you know, done it everywhere. We've done it to Iran, we've done it to China, we've done it to plenty of countries, and but they they don't like that. But something a lot of people talk about is the ruble was actually a lot stronger after the beginning of the war. You see it dip on the twenty fourth yeah. and then skyrocket. Do you know the reason of why that actually happened? A lot of people do. Uh. So basically, what happened is, and a lot of Euro- Americans and Australians and people that live in like large countries far away from a lot of other places don't really carry much foreign currency at any given time. But if you live in Europe, it's very common to have a lot of foreign currency because you're going between a lot of European countries don't just hold the euro. A lot will have different different um, currencies. So what they made, it made it illegal for a Russian citizen to have any foreign currency. Now, if you're a Russian oligarch, you would have you know, a billion rubles, but you'd also have a billion USD. So then any citizens then had to transfer all their wealth mm. into rubles, creating that supply and demand shortage and artificially increasing for a degree of time the ruble. Even down to you here, like um, YouTube pays in USD. Like myself as an Australian YouTuber, I have to fill out a W8 form with the tax office here, the IRS, whatever it is, and to get paid in USD. So I have an, a, an amount of USD at any one time. So do Russian YouTubers. And you hear a lot of Russian YouTubers talk about as soon as you get that, it is illegal to not transfer it straight away into uh, ruble. Now, of course, that's now done, but in the beginning, that was it. So it artificially increased uh, their currency. But the Russian currency has not taken the dive that people thought it was, and that's because, you know, Russia, geographically, is around a lot of developing nations. They're part of BRICS, which is, you know, the the biggest development, uh, developing uh, group of developing nations in the world, and they can sell, they've got a lot of stuff. That's what Russia has. They've got a lot of shit that they can dig up and they don't give a shit about the climate sort of goals that we do, which is no. one advantage. If you're in the game of oil, coal, gas, things like that, you're in that, let's say, dirty business of that. Australia's in the same business. At the end of the day, Australia is a big hole in the ground. That Our economy is that. We're a farm or a hole in the ground, but more so we're a big mine pulling out. The problem is... Well, if you want to make money in that, if you wiped every single idea of OHNS, climate emission, emission control, all this crap, we would make, well, not crap, it's all important, but we would make way more money. And that's why Russian oil is so cheap. You think they give a shit about 
you know, oh, down here, this is happening. No, pull it up. And that's why that's why it's cheap. Pull it up. Yeah, that, that's why it's cheap. And, you know, China's been able to capitalise on that massively by, hey, the West won't buy it or the West has capped your uh, barrels, like they've capped the price of barrels. Hey, we'll buy it at this price and import it across. And there's a new pipeline going from Russia to China. China need a lot of that. They need it cheaply. And Russia's got a lot of problems. And one of the biggest problems we haven't spoken about much, and I haven't spoken about it across a lot of things, is Russia's biggest problem is um, people. It's replacement rate of their actual people. An ageing population, very low replacement rate of people. And that goes bad very quickly. You've got more people that are looking at like sort of retirement age or dying off and are not as many young people. And Ukraine actually has very similar issues. A lot of countries have similar problems. But Russia's in a really bad spot over the next coming time. They're in a really good spot when we're talking about coal, oil, and that continually they will, people want that at cheap prices. It just That will just continue, especially developing nations. We might, oh, oh we think about, you've got a, an F-150 Lightning truck. Great. But... Developing nations can't afford $150,000 electric ute. Developing nations still are reliant on coal, oil, gas, things like that. So that's one thing in Russia's favour. But the, the the actual people within Russia, they could have an absolute um, like collapse of the amount of people there. And this is very long-term, but it's interesting to look at the Russian economy as a whole. But it hasn't been affected, affected in the same way. But if we did the same sanctions to China that we've done to Russia it would be catastrophic both for them and us. Well, Beijing actually just warned, warned today of severe, was it severe impact is what they called it, against U.S.-China relations as Taiwan yeah. leaders are actually landing inside of New York today to have a chat, which is not too entirely shocking. The president said he's actually preparing war for China, or preparing China yeah. for war, excuse me. That's, I said that backwards. Which I think everybody's pretty much known this. If you do not know this, I think I, I, think I tweeted something out, I think like a few weeks ago, uh, I'm going to pull it up because it, it made a lot of sense. And a lot of people probably, where is it at? Right here. China's military spending budget growth since 2020. You ready for this? 6.6% in 2020, 6.8% in 21, 7.1 in 22, and 7.2% in 23. Yeah. That's not like like 0.9%. That's literally how much growth it's had year over year. It's like billions that's, of dollars. That's a ton of money. That's yeah. what. So China right now has the fastest growing military uh, buildup since World War II of any country ever in history. Really? Yes, it's the fastest wow. military grow up or buildup right now in mm. history, like ever. Have you wow. done? I've done way too much. I've gone down this rabbit hole way too much. I actually spent way too much time of my my life yeah. looking at this. Is it biggest by dollars or percentage? Uh, percentage, percentage and by right. like percentage of like stuff that they're like literally physically yeah. building right now. It's the fastest one since Germany in World War II. Like it's right. that massive. It's huge. Right. I thought it would have been like Saudi. No, it's them right now. It's right. huge. The amount of stuff and money yeah. that they're putting into this thing. Um, he says that he's also preparing for this 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 war, but it's actually, he's thinking of 2027. This happened during one of their annual meetings. They had like an annual meeting that had, took like a week, basically. Um, he actually stated this, in face of wars that may be imposed on us, he's talking about the Chinese. They're, they're speaking their enemy's language, understanding how they're used to victory and peace and respect. This is what they're, they're just using big words here. All right, it's not big words, but trying to words on play, trying to make themselves seem like the good people. The people's armies, what they call them, insist on using force to stop the fighting. So now they're they're now they're trying to make their army seem like the good guys. The people's liberation. Yes, the they're PLA. they're the good they're the good people. So it's like since December, the Chinese government has also opened up like a, a slew of national defense uh, offices, mobile yeah. mobilization offices. 
Um, I'm not going to even attempt to even say the provinces or the places they're in. I saw the list of them and it's like they took a frying pan and they threw it down the stairway. I, have, I could not attempt to even do this. Yeah. Like try to, I couldn't, like the names are like this long. It's not going to happen. Now, at the same time, across from Taiwan and Fujian, I can actually say that one in that province, um, they begin building like an upgrading um, air raid shelters and they built another like brand new like wartime emergency hospital right on the opposite side of Taiwan, which I know right now the Russians have built one just north of Kharkiv or in Belgorod. Nah, Belgorod. Belgorod. I think they, yeah, Kharkiv, they built one well, there. Region. Yeah, yeah, they built one there just for the same thing. Z says he actually wants China to end its reliance on imports of grains, which is another big deal. Because right now, <clears throat> and what was it? I think, uh, what is it? Uh, more than a third, more mm. than a third of their net food intake is imported. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if it wasn't more than that. It's more than a third is what mm. I could find. Mm. He's clearly one of the used force to take this island inside of Taiwan. Now, saying this, I'm not, I'm not really certain that he believes that he can actually take it, but achieving these goals is, he put out that he wants to do it by 2027. I don't really know if that's going to be a thing or not, because if he does do that, he's going to piss off the American our American government, depending on who's in office. Because by 2027, what are we in? 24? 23. 20, yeah, we're 23 to 24. So by then it'll be who's ever going to get elected next. Which, at this rate, I don't know if it's going to be Republican or Democrat. I could not... I, I, I wouldn't even... Put, I, I don't know. I almost want to put a bet on it in Vegas. I, I wonder what the odds are in Vegas. I, I'm going to look it up. Can you bet on that? Yeah, yeah, you wow. can bet on that. So here we go. So tw uh, in 2018, Brazil was the world's largest exporter of beef, providing close to 20% of total beef exports. Hey, look at that. I'm pacing India. I've so two good. countries within BRICS of that alliance. So, And there's a lot of countries wanting to enter BRICS as well, rumoured, which is an issue when we look at some of the other countries that are looking at membership into that around some things. So, you know, there's a lot of rumor that Saudi Arabia and the UAE both want to join both oil giants, Russia's an oil giant too, and could leave these sort of uh, Western countries sort of out of the loop on some of that and maybe not getting the best deals. But that's all, that's just speculation from myself. But there is, China is very reliant on that stuff and China's weaponizing a lot of islands all up through um, that sort of region all the way up north through like Australia too there. They love weaponizing islands, doing stuff like that. But in the day too, like, you know, America has the most offshore bases in the world of any country all around the world. So it does just building something somewhere mean that you are looking for, you know, a head-to-head -head conflict or are you trying to, you know, win over by some other means? I'm not really sure. China's idea to take what take Taiwan, there's a lot of problems with it as far as actual military might to do it. That like China could do it, but it would mean scorched earth basically, and it would be incredibly unpopular. And you know, it looks like the US would actually boots on the ground back Taiwan, but we're unsure as well. So it it is a very interesting thing to talk about if Taiwan was to fall or not. But China as well, they've got huge population issues as well. You know, they got done lying about their population at one point. Replacement rates terrible. So. China's in a hard spot. China's in a hard spot. But I, I, want, I want to end this one telling you the Vegas odds, by the way. Send it. You ready for this? Uh, wait, let's make a prediction right now of who we think is going Okay, to you go first. I think it's going to be Republican. Okay. I don't know the guy. <laughs> I think it's going to be Republican. I think it's going to be Ron DeSantis. Right. That's He's I think. Florida? Yeah. So DeSantis v. Trump? Yes. 
And I do, I do believe Trump's not. I don't, the thing is, is like, I'm, I, it's kind of funny is I pulled this up and that's exactly what Vegas thinks. Well, so literally the, the Vegas right now, Ron DeSantis, uh, they do their, right now, Ron DeSantis is plus 225 and Joe Biden is plus 400. And Donald Trump is actually beating out Joe Biden as a better possibility to win that election in the Vegas, Vegas is There's nothing better than getting 80 year old men Fighting. in charge. People that would have to be mandatory retired running the country of taxpayers telling them how to live. I, you know who's ahead of uh, Elizabeth Warren and Hillary Clinton? Me? Is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, I think I would have better odds running than Clinton. Right <laughs> you say it right now. Dwayne, Dude, the Rock would the, not be a Rock, bad option. The Rock is actually ahead of both of them. That's really kind of well, goofy. We've already proven you can be a celebrity and become president. I think The Rock uh, would be very popular. I don't know. I just had I just had to throw it out there. Mr. Beast. That's Mr. what we're <laughs> Mr. Beast. I'm running for president next. Who wants to vote for me? I'll be good. Um, you need your hand on less of a 45 degree yeah. angle if you want to run president. Yeah. <laughs> danger zones between here. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope you guys had enjoyed this uh, episode over here. We'll see you guys tomorrow with another one. I appreciate it. Maybe the maybe the war will kick off and get crazy here soon. I, was, I assume it's going to. All right, guys. We're out. See ya.